Morning everyone. So uh, a very, very common reason why people tend to break no contact with a narcissist or toxic person is because the narcissist or toxic person has ghosted them or cut them off or the discard was sudden, brutal and fast. Um, and that's, you know, narcissists and toxic people specialise in literally making other people invisible you don't exist anymore you know if you've caused a narcissistic injury or a narcissistic collapse you the narcissist will absolutely drop you off the edge of a cliff and going no contact from that position that lack of closure um, and confusion and pain that somebody you loved and cared for and put up with treats you like nothing like not even shit on a shoe nothing that's going to make you want to break no contact it's certainly why I broke no contact in the early weeks was I wanted answers I wanted to know how on earth this person who I knew by this point was a cunt right I knew it but he'd done one of the worst things possible he could have done and I had absolutely no opportunity to discuss it with him to ask why um just none of that obviously now I know that you know that I was never going to get those answers or, or the truth and um, they were never the narcissist is never going to self-appraise self-evaluate and and realize what they've done therefore if they don't if they can't really work out what it is they've done wrong because they're just such dickheads and losers and lunatics um, and narcissists really they're not going to be able to offer you a fulsome apology closure and answers um, and obviously shame avoidance is another reason why they will just drop you um, I was lucky that I was in a position where I'd placed my narcissist um, number two under pressure. You know, I'd given him an ultimatum. Um, I'd said to him, you've got to do this, this and this, or I am done. Um, so I was aware at least that the reason why he then just went, you know, you ruined my life, fuck off and all this at me. Um, I knew really I'd been the dumper um, and that he absolutely had no interest in making the significant changes that I needed of him that were perfectly normal, reasonable requests. So I was able to at least work out that he didn't want to stop communicating with this particular person. He didn't want to stop drinking. He didn't want to stop drugging. And he didn't want to go into rehab or give me a full... Um, explanation of what he'd been up to so I knew that I was like he doesn't want to do those things that's why this has happened so there was an element of understanding I didn't know he was a narcissist then but at least I was in that position um to to, to realize if he didn't want to do those things I didn't want to be with him anyway so there was there was there was some strength in that but I broke no contact because then something else came out that was so <sighs> abhorrent evil and shocking no normal person wouldn't have demanded answers or exploded or said the things I said or did the things I did. Um, but obviously now as the no contact coach and as an author of books that help people understand and escape narcissists, now I know how important it is for me in my job to try and help people not do what I did and, and, and try and give themselves closure. And one of the best ways to get closure from a narcissist is to understand the narcissist because 
you can tick all the boxes then you get your own answers and you realize you're never going to get closure from them anyway so there's no point in harassing them and stalking them and uh, annoying them and going back and sleeping with them because you're not going to get what you want from them okay the narcissist is only in relationships where they're going to get what they want and they'll withhold answers and closure specifically because it makes them feel good because you're uh, in pain um so there are lots of reasons why they're able to just cut someone off um and one of them is a lack of object permanence. Now, object permanence is, is a healthy um, part of your personality that tends to sort of start um, very early in childhood. I think it's two or three years old um, is around the time it kind of gets put into position. Um, and it's a really positive part of your personality. If you've got object permanence, you understand that when something is in front of you, in close proximity, okay, it's safe, it's stable, it's static, you know, you can trust it, um, you can sort of use it and communicate with it, it's appropriate, okay, but when that item or that person doesn't exist and it doesn't, isn't there in front of you anymore, like for example with a baby, mum leaves the room, to be able to understand that mum's coming back, Mom hasn't left the room because she doesn't love me. Mom hasn't left the room because she hates me. You know, uh, she'll be back, you know. Trust is formed. And with trust and love comes object permanence. Now, narcissists at that important stage haven't developed healthy object permanence. They've either been absolutely adored, spoiled, never left alone. Every need was met. They never cried. They were constantly with mummy or daddy or both. Um, mummy or daddy developed the, the, an unhealthy object permanence forms where the narcissist, feel, well, the, the child who will eventually become a narcissist, thinks everyone should be there all the time for them. Okay, And they feel incredibly vulnerable and unsafe when alone okay and that's why narcissists that are raised that particular way with the gilding and the spoiling um, and the no boundaries and all that attention that's why they'll often become vulnerable slash covert narcissists uh, very very charming very manipulative able to have long-term relationships able to appear to have close friends because that's their that feels comfortable to them in the sense that the person or the supply that they want and need is there. That's why they become controlling. That's why they become jealous. That's why they monitor you. And that's why if you say, actually, I don't want this friendship anymore. I don't want this relationship anymore. Hell hath no fury. Because those words, I don't want to be with you anymore, to a narcissist are, I hate you. You are vile. You don't matter. Okay? That's how a narcissist views it. That's why their reaction to something like a breakup, okay, is so extreme. Then you've got the other type of narcissist that develops this poor object permanence um, where they never had attachment with a caregiver or it was very um, chaotic. There was no real routine. Um, and that would be the narcissist, well, yeah, the narcissist who, when they were a child, parents would just disappear. They'd go to the pub and not come back. They'd go to a party and not come back. They'd not get out of bed. They'd not help them go to school. They weren't present for them, okay? If they were present, they were either abusive or neglectful or bits of spoiling, and then would disappear again. And it's that inconsistency in presence 
that makes that type of narcissist become particularly keen on having multiple supplies lots of people all the time okay because they're always expecting one of you to disappear not leave not come back and it becomes pathological so they will literally say and do anything to maintain multiple supplies for short intense periods of time all the time okay that tends to be your overt narcissist and obviously you can get mixes of overts and coverts right so object permanency is very important okay now Attachment is another thing. It's quite similar to object permanency. So when narcissists are being raised, they, they develop unhealthy attachment. They can develop anxious, attach, anxious attachment or anxious avoidant attachment. And that's, again, as around uh, critical caregivers and people they loved at an early age, not being present for them in the way they should with any form of routine um, or consistency. And they'll also develop... Um, avoidant attachment because they've been very badly let down and neglected and betrayed and left alone a lot um, so what the narcissist does then is takes people in for a short period of time then pushes them away takes them in for a short period of time abuses them and pushes them away because they're terrified you're going to leave them so what they their uh, subconscious thought process is well you're going to leave me one day anyway so I might as well fucking use you use you for what I can then bully into submission then you might as well even leave me or I'll just dump you right because that's self-preservation for them um, it, it makes them feel in control that's also another reason why you'll find a lot of narcissists will cheat or occasionally choose very visually low-level supply. Because if they choose someone a bit minging, right, not very attractive, you know, just not, you know, high quality as a person, the narcissist won't become attached at all. They'll just, and that, that means they feel safe in that. They're like, well, you, you know, I'm not going to fancy you. I'm not going to love you. I'm not going to enjoy your company. I'll use you for a bit. But when you do go, it's not going to hurt me at all, okay? So that tends to be anxious avoidant type attachment. And then, like I say, a lot of victims, though, will have um, codependency, which suits someone with an attachment disorder. Because if, you, if you're worried about people leaving you and you need constant reassurance and constant supply, a codependent with a high level of empathy is perfect supply isn't it it feels really safe reassuring all the time but only as long as the narcissist can put up with that then they get bored and they want somebody else um so object permanence uh attachment style are very important and understanding why and how someone you loved could just go blocked done gone bye okay um and I hope that that gives some people a little bit of closure and a little bit of understanding because it, it is a horrific feeling. I've had friends that have done it to me. I've had uh, fuck buddies that have done it to me. And obviously my narcissists have done that to me. Although with narcissists, you tend to find they come back anyway. Even though they've dropped you off a cliff, they'll come back with a rope at some point. And that's why no contact is so important. You don't want to be pulled up that cliff by another abuser who's just going to chuck you off it again. Okay? Um... It's hard. It makes victims often very anxious about new relationships and new friendships. You know, you don't want it to happen again. You don't want to trust someone and, you know, fall for them and like them to do that again. And I think one of the ways to kind of avoid engaging for, for much, for long, 
with someone that's likely to ghost, discard, you know, just block you randomly out of nowhere, is watch how they deal with stressors and triggers. Do they talk it out with you? Are they open? Are they honest? Are they authentic? Do they show their vulnerabilities? But when you need help, step in. Because these people have a level of empathy and resilience, okay, and self-awareness that will mean they're just not the type of person to suddenly just cut you off um, like you never mattered.